Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Isn't God good? Somebody say, God is good. Praise God. There we are. Okay, just before we get into preaching, I've got a, a, a little joke. <clears throat> a young ventriloquist is touring Sweden, and one night, uh, one night, and he's doing a show in a small fishing town, and so he's got his dummy on his knee, and he starts going through his usual blonde jokes. Suddenly... A blonde woman in the fourth row stands on her chair and starts shouting, I've heard enough of your stupid blonde jokes. What makes you think you can stereotype Swedish blonde women that way? What does the color of a woman's hair have to do with her worth as a human being? It's men like you who keep women like me from being respected at work in the community, and from reaching our full potential as people. It's people like you that make others think that all blondes are dumb. You and your kind continue to perpetuate discrimination against not only blondes, but against women in general, Uh, pathetically, all in the name of humor. The embarrassed ventriloquist begins to apologize And the blonde yells, you stay out of this. I'm talking to that little twit on your lap. Little joke. Get it? What we're going to look at tonight is is part two of what I began on the weekend. And every one of us. All of us here tonight are going to live forever somewhere. And eternity is important for us to consider because it's a lot sooner it's coming. We're going to enter into eternity a lot sooner than what we probably realize. In James chapter 4, 14, he says, Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So that says it pretty clear, doesn't it? Our life is just like a mist that, and then it vanishes. But we do not cease when we pass from this life into the life to come. See, we are not going to cease to exist. We are going to pass through. All of us are going to live forever somewhere. Now, the Bible tells us there's only two places where everyone will spend eternity, heaven or hell. The Bible says plainly that hell is a place, uh, a real place of eternal suffering. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 46, he called it everlasting punishment. Hebrews 6.2 talks about hell, saying it's eternal judgment. And tonight, hell is real, and we don't want to go there. It is forever. Once you're there, you're there. But tonight, I want to talk about the other place where we can spend eternity 
and it's called heaven. Somebody say, heaven. Heaven is the antithesis of hell. Everything that hell is, heaven isn't. Everything that hell isn't, heaven is. The only similarity between heaven and hell is its forever nature. It will last forever. I'm looking forward to it, aren't you? Words associated with eternity are everlasting, evermore, perpetual, always, long, and more. And this is what we're going to look at tonight, more. Listen, heaven is more. Now tell yourself or tell somebody, heaven is more. Now you may say, more what? More of everything good that God has to offer, and that's a lot. I, uh, I have lived in two other nations besides the United States. I uh, was a missionary in two African countries, in Kenya and Malawi. And before I moved to both of these nations, I found out as much as I could about them. If I was going to move there and live in those nations, I wanted to find out what they were like. Tonight, if we're going to spend forever as believers in heaven, we ought to find out what it's like, don't you think? And our reference to what heaven is like is the Word of God, the Bible. In Hebrews 11, verse 16, it says, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now that city, the Bible tells us, uh, is the new Jerusalem, and it is a big place. In Revelation 21, verse 10 and 11, and then verse 16, John writes and says, The Spirit took control of me, and the angel carried me to the top of a very high mountain and showed me Jerusalem, the holy city, coming down out of heaven from God and shining with the glory of God. And the city shone like a precious stone, like jasper, clear as crystal. The city was perfectly square, as wide as it was long, and the angel measured the city with his measuring stick, and it was 1,500 miles long and was as wide and as high as it was long. The New Jerusalem is going to be big. How big? 1,500 square miles big. That's like going from Canada all the way to Mexico, from the East Coast to the Rocky Mountains, and then just as high, 1,500 miles high. Someone did some calculations and said if there are 20 billion people in heaven, each person will be able to have a 75-acre lot, and that's just within the New Jerusalem. It's a big place. 
There's a river of living water and trees that have fruit of them on them all the time. And as born-again believers, uh, we have a place prepared for us. Jesus said in John chapter 14, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And I tell you, I am looking forward to being where he is, aren't you? Now, I do enjoy preaching about heaven. You're going to probably pick that up during this message tonight. But as much as I enjoy talking about heaven, thinking about heaven, and, and dwelling on this subject, the words that I could bring to you tonight or the description that I could bring pales in comparison to what the reality of heaven is going to be. I, I would never be able to paint the, uh, a, a, uh, a, a, an image that would give you a full grasp of what heaven's going to be like because it's too big, too great, too large of a subject to cover. And the Bible doesn't tell us everything about what heaven's going to be like. It tells us a lot, though. It's far greater, far more than we can imagine. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I believe that this verse refers to this life in the here and now and in the life to come, heaven. Now, when I gave my life to Christ, when I got saved, Back in 1975, I had no idea all that God had prepared for me. It's been 44 plus years since that time, and I can tell you, God has far exceeded anything I imagined back when I first gave my life to Christ. It's been beyond what I could have imagined. That being true, I also believe that what he has prepared for you and I in heaven is far greater than anything we could imagine. Now, I've read accounts and I've heard accounts of people who have said they have been to heaven and come back again, and they've given a description of what they saw. Now, I do want to say I don't believe that we ought to... uh, uh, base our understanding of what heaven is going to be like on the account of something somebody else has said that they have seen. But in some of these accounts that I have heard and have read about, uh, they have spoken of, they they said that in, in heaven they saw beautiful colors that they have never even seen here on earth. They said they heard music like we have never heard. There were landscapes that are incomparable to anything that we have here. Now, while we may not base our faith on these accounts, they ring kind of true in the sense that I do believe heaven's going to be far greater than what we can imagine. Now, I've seen some beautiful things in this life. 
I have, I have, I've been able to see the migration of tens of thousands of animals in Kenya. I've seen whales breaching off the coast of South Africa. I've seen the Scottish highlands and many other things throughout the world. I've seen sunrises and sunsets here in Arizona that were absolutely spectacular. But as beautiful as all of these things are, they are, and whatever we may see this side of eternity, it's incomparable to what God has prepared for us in heaven. The Bible does give us insight into some of the things heaven is going to be and what it's going to be like there. And the first thing that I want to touch on is that heaven is better. Now tell yourself, heaven's better. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 and verse 23, Paul writes and says, For me to live, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I want to pause just for a moment there. You know, there are so many people who, uh, that this life is just all that they cling on to. You know what? As believers in Jesus Christ, when we give our lives to him, we do not have to fear death. We don't have to be afraid about passing from this line. Now, I know that it can be a little unsettling for us because this is all we've ever known. But we have a promise from God, and that is uh, when we pass from this life uh, to the other, we're going to gain. Verse 23 He says, for I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Heaven is more. Heaven is far better. Tell yourself, far better. Now, the first thing I really do want to point out in this is that heaven's not going to be boring. It's not going to be boring. You know, if, if heaven is far better than here, then surely it's not going to be boring. I was reminded uh, again about this cartoon, Farside. It's this guy up on the cloud, and he said, man, I wish I'd brought a magazine. That is, that's not what the Bible talks about when it talks about heaven. It's not going to be us sitting on a cloud being bored. I think the devil's the one that paints that kind of picture in people's minds. So hear me tonight. Heaven isn't going to be boring. It's going to be far better than life here as we know it. You know, sometimes I get tired of the way things are down here, don't you? Sometimes I'm even irritated by the way things are down here, aren't you? I get tired of hearing bad news. And there's plenty of bad news down here, isn't there? I thought about just going through and just listing off some of the bad news things, but you've heard some of the bad news recently. There's plenty of bad news in this time and in this life. Can I tell you something? Heaven's all about good news. It's better. It's more. It's far better. Tell yourself again, far better. better. (laughs) 
when the, the Bible talks about it being a better time and a better place. Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4 says, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And somebody said, thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to just kind of pick apart verse 4 here quickly to kind of give us a, an idea again about what we have to look forward to. It, it says that God will wipe away all of our tears. Anything and everything that have caused us to cry will be done, finished, over, zilch. Tell yourself zilch. We won't ever have a reason to cry again. I look forward to that, don't you? Now, I, as believers in Jesus, we on this side of eternity uh, aren't immune to all heartache. We aren't immune to all of the effects of what's going on in this life and in this world. And there are times where we shed tears because of the stuff that's going on or the pain that we've experienced. But there's a day that's coming when we're going to stand before Jesus Christ and he is going to wipe away every tear. And there'll be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. No more death. No more death. I'm looking forward to, to going to heaven and seeing those that have passed on before us, aren't you? Uh, probably all of us have had family that have passed on. We've had good friends that have gone on before. We have been a part of too many memorial services where we have cried because of missing that loved one that's passed on before us. But there's a day that's coming where there's going to be no more death, no more memorial service, no more grief from the separation of those loved ones that have gone on into eternity. We are going to have a great reunion in heaven. I'm looking forward to that time. I got to just pause for a moment. You know, I look forward to seeing Pastor Howard again. I used to have I had a deal with with Howard before he passed on, and now he's gone on to heaven before me. I told him, "Look, if I'm ever just kind of laid up and I can't do, if I'm just just laying there and I'm I'm just out of it and gonna be out of it," I says, "You got to promise me." I says, "I want you to take me out." That's what he said. He said, all right, I'll do it. The problem was is if we were in the office and I just had a little cough, <coughs> Howard would grab a pillow. And that's a no, too early. <coughs> Not yet, just a little allergy. Don't. 
but he's gone on. Now I've got Doug to help me out if uh, that ever happens. So thank you for that, Doug. Appreciate that excitement and willingness. A matter of prayer, I think, maybe even. <clears throat> but there's a day where death will be done. Death is going to die. No more death. <clears throat> and listen, there'll be no more pain. No more pain. No more emotional pain. No more mental pain. No more physical pain. You know, just last night, we, I was walking by. We left uh, one of our cabinet doors uh, on our, uh, in our kitchen open that, that's about this high, and the, it was out. And I walked by, and I hit it with my arm. And, man, I mean, that hurt. I didn't cuss. I didn't. <laughs> but it hurt. And, you know, it, it just occurs to me, there's a day that's coming where there'll be no more pain. But you know, a bump on the arm, see that? See, can you guys see that? That, that right there, little, little mark. <clears throat> Those are, yeah, get a pillow, thanks. That's, it's a small thing, and we laugh about it because it it's a small thing. But you know, in all of our lives, there have been areas of pain. Maybe there tonight, that it's nothing to laugh about. There's some emotional things or some mental things or, or physical things, and there's nothing, nothing funny at all about it, but there's a day that's coming where that's all going to be a thing of the past. No more pain in heaven. There won't be any kind of pain of any kind because heaven is a better place. Now, not only is it a better place, but we as God's people who have been born again, we will be better. Now, I really look forward to this. You've got to look at this portion of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 through 53. Now, I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That means that some of us aren't, aren't going to die. We, and he had an expectation. Now some believers uh, will pass on. Jesus is going to come back in the rapture, and I'm rooting for the rapture before the pillow. Amen. <clears throat> in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Now, there are two things in this I want to touch on. First of all, briefly, our bodies are going to be better. Now, don't shout me down tonight. I said our bodies are going to be better. I look forward to the, having a better body. I look forward to having a brand spanking new body, a body that won't ever get old or worn out or tired, bodies that will never see death, perfect and immortal bodies. I look forward to having a brand new body, don't you? 
Uh, we are, we are going to be better. So our bodies are going to be better. They're going to be perfected bodies for all eternity. Never get tired, never get worn out, never have to take a nap. But listen, not only that, but our character or our behavior will be better. <laughs> we will be in, the Bible says we'll be incorruptible. Now, you know what that means, right? It means that we can't be corrupted. We will be perfected not only in body, but in character. Praise God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I discourage myself. I want to love everybody just like Jesus loved them, don't you? I want to treat everybody just like Jesus would have treated them. I want to always respond to criticism with grace. I want to endure hardship with complete confidence always. I want to treat all Kingman drivers with love. But I don't always succeed. But listen, there's a day that's coming where every believer will be perfected. No more bad tempers. No more temptation. I said no more temptation. No more frustration with ourselves. Us. In 1 John 3, verse 2, says, Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we will be like, what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. In other words, we're going to be better. Say, I'm going to be better. Heaven is going to be better than here, and we will be better there. Now, somebody shout, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, I want to talk for a bit before we pray tonight about who's going to heaven. And it's not just those who are good. It is not the deserving, because no one really deserves to go to heaven, do they? Now, listen, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We don't go to heaven because we deserve to. Isn't that right? We are saved by grace through faith, not by what we have done. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his Mercy, he saved us. Somebody shout out mercy. mercy. Now, that being said, and I want you to listen carefully to me in this, so I'm not misquoted later, what we do here on earth will make a difference in eternity. Now, again, we are saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. We won't make it to heaven because of the good things that we do here. It's simply because of the blood of Jesus 
our responding to him. He washed us, cleansed us, gave us grace and mercy and changed our lives and prepared us for heaven because of what he did, not because of what we do. Isn't that right? All right. Establish that. But the Bible says that what we do for God and others here will follow us into eternity. Revelation 14, verse 13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Okay, there are two different judgments in eternity. Listen, one is for the unbeliever, for the person who didn't give their lives to Christ, those who didn't get saved, those who didn't ask Jesus into their lives or forgive them from their sins, and they will be judged for their sins. Revelation 20, verse 11, this is the talking about the great white throne judgment of the unbeliever. And he who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was no place, no, no, there was found no place for them. There's a great white throne judgment for every unbeliever, the person who didn't receive Christ as their Savior, and they will be punished throughout all of eternity in a place called hell. There's a second judgment, and this judgment is for believers. In Revelation 20, verse 12, he said, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now, there is a book of life where our names have been written, who have given our lives to Jesus Christ and we will be judged out of that book of life, the things that were written. I thought it might get a little bit quiet here because I know that some of us are thinking, oh, no, I'm going to be a judged according to my works. Help me, Jesus. But listen, as believers, we should not be afraid to stand before Jesus. And this is why. 1 John chapter 4, 17 and 18 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness, listen, in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. You and I can have boldness to stand in that day of judgment, not because we're standing in our own righteousness, but in His. Not because uh, we have done so good, but because He did good for us. We have the assurance uh, of our salvation, and we can stand uh, before judgment with assurance and confidence because of God's love. Now tell somebody that's a relief. Listen, we are not going to be judged to be punished. In that day, we are judged to be rewarded. That judgment 
is for rewards. What we do now will be remembered then. Now, there are a lot of people that think, you know what, pastors like, you know, pastors and evangelists and preachers and, and all of them, man, they're, 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 they're the one, they're going to be the, the elite in heaven. The reality is the Bible says that those who preach the gospel will be uh, held under stricter guidelines, stricter judgments. And so somebody say, help him, Jesus. See, there are a lot of people that think, oh, man, I just, when I get to heaven, I know I'll just be, so instead of a crown, I'll probably just get a beanie cap with a little <laughs> propeller on top, you know. <laughs> Listen tonight, God does things a lot different and judges things a lot differently than we would think. Listen to what uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 42 says. Jesus is talking, he says, and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. I love that. Now, Jesus said we'll be rewarded just for a simple act as, as giving a cup of cold water to somebody. <coughs> I like that. I've always thought, you know, it's almost like he's looking for an excuse to reward us, don't you think? When we think about eternity in heaven and understand that we will be rewarded throughout all of eternity for the good that we do, you know, it should make a difference in how we live now. It should make a difference on how we treat each other. Being nice. Now tell yourself, be nice. That's what Cindy tells me when the Kingman drivers do stuff. She looks at me and says every once in a while, be nice. When we, when we look at all of eternity and, and know that we'll be rewarded for what, then we will be, it will inspire us to be nice, to be kind, to be loving, to be giving. You know what? It can also make a difference. Uh, when we look at eternity, it'll make a difference on what we give financially to God. Now, there was one amen there. Come on, you guys. Give me a break here. Matthew 6, 21 and 22, Jesus says, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither rust nor moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, Cindy and I have practiced in our life. We've been happy to give our tithes and our offerings and happy to invest in world missions and, and, uh, and to make those kind of investments. But, you know, I'm really glad that that's an investment in eternity. Yeah. It not only does good here, it's going to be an investment in eternity. I like that because, you know, uh, here in this world, I have made some investments here in this life, and some haven't been that great. I'm looking forward to the day coming where all of the investment that has been made in the kingdom of God, that there'll be a reward for that for all eternity. Now, somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. 
Listen, there's also a reward for those who reach people for Christ. Daniel 12 and verse 3 says, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. You know, I want to encourage you. Be a witness. Tell people about Christ. Try to win somebody to Jesus. There's a reward for all of eternity for that. There's a reward even for those of us who are waiting for His coming. I'm waiting, aren't you? Looking for His coming. Uh, I wrote down 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, but just tonight as I was in prayer before the service, I thought about the verse before this, and I wrote it down. I didn't, I didn't put it in the slide, but Paul is writing, and he says these words, I've fought, a good, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Uh, Paul is writing this at the end of his life. I like what he says. He said, I've fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith. And then in verse Eight, he says, finally. Huh? I like that. See, it's almost like, whew. finally. Somebody say, finally. finally. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, listen, but also to all those who love his appearing. That means every believer that's looking forward to that day who loves his that says, Jesus, come quickly. Jesus, we're looking forward to your return. Jesus, we're looking forward to the day where we'll stand with you and, and be with you throughout all eternity. We're looking forward to that day, aren't we? Yes. Crown of righteousness. Not, not a stupid beanie cap, crown of righteousness for those of us who love his coming. Finally tonight, Jesus wrote in John chapter 14 and verse 1 through 3, let not your heart be troubled. When you're going through things, remember this, let, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, listen, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. The best of heaven is right there. More than a place where there's no more sickness, no more death, no more pain of any kind, more than the place where there are no more bills, no more car payments, no more mortgages to pay, no more rent to pay, no more utilities to pay, more than walking on streets of gold or drinking from the river of life or eating from that tree that has fruit all the time, the best of heaven is going to be seeing and being with Jesus forever. That's as good as it gets right there. Jesus, for all eternity, time will be no more, and all of the things of this life will be over, and we will be with him forever. I look forward to heaven, don't you?
every one of us are going to live forever somewhere. In this life, you and I make a choice where that will be. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Nobody looking around for a moment. Maybe you did come to the service tonight and you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you've been away from him for a time and you say, you know what, tonight I know that Jesus paid the price for my sin. I believe that he did that for me. And nobody looking around for a moment, you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you've been away from him for some time and tonight you say, you know, tonight, would you remember me in this prayer? I want to ask Jesus for his forgiveness to come into my heart and life to be my Lord and Savior. No one looking around right now. Just slip your hand up. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Honest hearts tonight. Anybody else? We're going to pray together, and then we're going to dismiss in just a moment. God bless you. Praise God. Honest hearts. Amen. I'd like for us all to stand. Let's, let's just stand together. We're going to pray a prayer of forgiveness tonight. And you know what? There are those who came into the service this evening that maybe you were uncertain about where you'd spend eternity. You know what? That was a great thing. When you walk out of those doors tonight, you can have an assurance in your heart that you are ready to make heaven your home. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Let's pray together. Bow your head and close your eyes. Let's all just pray this prayer with me, would you? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. Thank you for paying that price for me. I believe that you are cleansing me all of my sin. You are living inside of me. I dedicate my life to you. Thank you for the hope, for the promise, and the reality of heaven. I look forward to it. In your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a big clap and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Aren't you glad for heaven? Now, I want you to say this rightly because we're saying no to hell. All right? We're saying no to hell. So say, hell no. <laughs> heaven, heaven, yes. So there you go. God bless each other. Be friendly. A prayer team is up here in the front if you'd like personal prayer. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.